Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joan. On today's episode, we're going to be going over the top do's and don'ts for Run Disney. Looking forward to this one. I will say one of the don'ts I think is don't run the dopey, <laughs> but Angela, you didn't listen to that, so you're going to run the dopey in January? I haven't done it yet. <laughs> you signed up for it. That's, I think, I the did. first step not to do. Um, so yeah, so... If you want to run in January, that's sold out very quickly. But the uh, Princess Weekend in February uh, sign up is coming up soon. So if you're interested in doing a run Disney race next year, thinking about maybe signing up for the Princess, we're going to cover some do's and don'ts that we learned from doing a couple run Disneys uh, in the past, just to kind of give you some tips there. Looking forward to it. I love doing them. So it's it's kind of like a little bit of a again, you know, that intersection of where Disney meets running, which are two of my like little hobbies. But let's cover some Disney news of the week. So Disney announced a launch of Disney Home. And this is taking a lot of the offerings they have around the home. So, you know, Disney has sold, you know, things for your kitchen and, you know, home goods in the past, but they're bringing it all under this Disney Home umbrella. And as part of the press release, they announced that Disney is promising, quote, aspirational furniture and bespoke design pieces. Uh, and that they talked about as our homes are now more important than ever. We wanted to introduce a new homeware brand that brings iconic Disney storytelling into everyday living spaces. And I think, you know, one, this kind of pulls all the Disney home stuff together, but I also think it's interesting that this comes out. Uh, a few months after Disney announced that they're building an entire story living community out in Palm Springs. Uh, and so yeah. now they're going to need all of you know your furniture and everything. So a lot of it is very kind of like understated pieces. You know, it's not necessarily like what you're thinking about, like, oh, when you were a kid and you had superheroes all over your your bedding and, and pillowcases and stuff uh it's definitely you know more low-key than that it seems kind of like they did buzzword mad libs on their on their yeah. uh yeah i know what press is press release what is aspirational furniture i mean i would love my furniture to you know I, I don't know i aspire it for for it to make me warm comfortable also give me more energy so i don't have to sleep i'd like it to do my work for me I, will I, say, I mean, there's a lot of things I'd inspire my furniture to it's do. It's definitely a lot of promise, though, because if they do have furniture, and this is, you know, Disney's not necessarily making this. They do a lot of partnerships. So a lot of their existing stuff is all kind of under this home brand umbrella now. But there is a lot of opportunity to, you know, integrate hidden Mickeys into things. And again, kind of be understated where it's not necessarily Disney, but it has a theme of Tomorrowland or it has this a theme of like the Polynesian where if you had pieces like that that kind of tied to iconic lands or hotels at disney i would love that kind of stuff in furniture or in you know like a rug or you know just some sort of accent piece in your home to, to kind of pull that theming in i kind of see this like some of the dresses that i've seen that disney has where it's not you know hitting you over the head with this is disney if somebody sees it maybe in your home or even on your person they might not know it's just going to be somebody who's really paying close attention they're probably going to be able to figure out that it's it's Disney oriented. So yeah, I, I think that I'm really excited to see what they come out with. I think that we'll probably end up with some of these things in our home. We could use some new like area rugs. So I'm really hoping for the area rugs. But yeah, I think that this will be really cool. Definitely. And then over at Disneyland, uh, Disneyland announced as part of their Celebrate Soulfully that they have going on over there that there's going to be uh, a new performance called Tale of the Lion King debut. I'm in. 
debuting May 28th over at the Fantasyland Theater in Disneyland. And I believe this is just going to run through June. Uh, I didn't see an official end date, but it said it was uh, in June. Um, And this is from the Disney Parks blog, uh, quote, at the heart of the production is a traveling troupe known as the storytellers of the Pride Lands who weave the tale of how a cub becomes king through dialogue, song, dance, and percussion. So this is going to be the reopening of the Fantasyland Theater, which has been closed. So this is going to be a performance there. So it's not going to be um, just like a, you know, I think a Broadway version of The Lion King, something like that. It's going to be kind of its its own spin, and it's going to be more focused on kind of the storytellers, the song, dance. So it sounds like it's going to be a really great show for a limited time over there. Yeah, this sounds really interesting. I mean, I kind of feel like it it maybe is going to marry the musical a bit with um, kind of what happens already in Animal Kingdom, that little show that they have over there. So it sounds like, you know, they're it's their way of kind of bringing what is in Disney World over to Disneyland, but, you know, maybe, I don't want to say modernizing it, but changing it up a bit that it is still its own unique experience. Definitely. And also uh, for the West Coasters who weren't able to go to Walt Disney World and see the Soul of Jazz, an American adventure uh, in the American Adventure Pavilion, that's going to be in downtown Disneyland from uh, June 1st to July 4th. And this celebrates the history of jazz, and also ties into Pixar Soul. So this ran, like I said, uh, at Disney World uh, last year, and it's going to be at Downtown Disneyland. And again, it's a part of this uh, Celebrate Soulfully that Disney uh, has going on over at Disneyland. And the final thing I wanted to mention is Disney had their second quarter earnings release, and the theme parks are making a ton of money again. No (laughs) surprise there as demand is up. They actually mentioned that per capita spending is up 40%. Uh, for guests versus last year. And they attribute that to one, you know, the rising prices, but the number of people using Genie Plus and just the amount of demand they have. The, what is interesting is they they mentioned that they're still managing capacity and that there's less people in the parks than there were a few years ago, but spending is still up. And they talked about how the fact that they have Genie Plus and that people are, are paying for that, they're able to improve revenue and, and get spending up without just having to raise ticket prices. So hopefully that's maybe good that we won't see insane ticket price increases. But the other thing I thought was really interesting, and this is on the Disney Plus side, which Disney Plus still, still seems to be adding subscribers and doing well. But Disney actually took a billion dollar write-off on Disney Plus due to all of the movies and shows that either didn't get released theatrically and went straight to streaming or as they're trying to buy out contracts for other streamers so they can bring content to Disney Plus. So, you know, all of the Pixar movies that skipped a theatrical release, that all kind of got written off. So I think it's interesting that, you know, we knew Disney was losing a lot of money by not releasing those movies and things, but now we kind of have a number that, you know, they spent a billion dollars on it and that seems to be the game plan that they are going to lose money on Disney plus to get subscribers. So I think this kind of goes to show that yeah, they're okay if they spend, you know, a hundred million dollars, $200 million on these movies. And if they can you know put it on Disney plus and, and gain millions and millions of subscribers, it's ultimately worth it for them in the end. This is an interesting approach because they're basically building another brand under the, you know, Disney plus uh, umbrella. And although they are losing money again, it's going to, help to grow something new and that way again if something like covid god forbid happens again they have other areas where they're able to make money and kind of pick up for 
you know, lost revenue that might from like the parks or some something else. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you know in the in this quarter Disney Plus is still gaining subscribers. They're doing better than they had initially projected. Versus you know where you see Netflix where they lost subscribers this past quarter. So I think it goes to show you that there's still room for Disney Plus to grow, and they're still aggressively trying to gain subscribers. So I think we'll probably see more of this where. Again, there's not going to be Disney content on other streamers. It's going to be all on Disney Plus or Hulu. And we're probably going to see more movies that were going to be released theatrically that are going to be on Disney Plus because, you know, like you said, it's all about building that Disney Plus brand. And so that that way you have hundreds of millions of people paying you money each month for that content. And, you know, I, ideally at some point, that is enough money that, you know, covers what you. Are losing from you know not releasing theatrically things like that, but you know I will say though you know with that though there's definitely still a market for these movies theatrically because Doctor Strange is doing very well. You know Lightyear is going to be coming out theatrically. I think that's going to make a lot of money, and I think it's going to be those major you know Marvel, Star Wars uh, movies that will get released theatrically and will help kind of fund the rest of this too. You know for the next couple years um, because it's easy to take a billion dollar write off when Marvel's making billions of dollars a year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting just the numbers um, that they're willing to spend in order to really grow this as quickly as possible. Yeah. I'm just hoping again, you know, I, I feel like a broken record when I say this, but I'm just hoping that they don't continue to pump all kinds of time and effort into just Marvel and star Wars and forget about their animation studios because Again, I think that those are like those IPs, those are like original things that they come out with are so spectacular. And I am still afraid that, you know, seeing the way that kind of Pixar was heading. Now, of course, Lightyear is already established, so they're going to put it in the theaters. But I am worried that they're going to just use some of the, you know, other things that would have previously been released in in theaters as Disney Plus fodder. So they won't necessarily care as much about the quality. So I'm nervous about it, but... I, mean, I think Pixar. I think Pixar would argue they care about the quality. I mean, I think they yeah, make yeah, every yeah. movie like it's going to be do. released theatrically. I mean, yeah, Luca was great. Yeah. I mean, well, I think that's the interesting thing too. I mean, the way Disney's set up now is the people making the movies. You know, this was kind of the restructuring they had a couple of years ago. The people making the movies aren't necessarily the ones responsible for how they're going to be distributed. Yeah. So you know, Pixar, for instance, they're just making movies and they're you know planning to make the best movie they can, and then somebody else decides later we're going to release this on Disney plus or we're going to release this in theaters. I mean, I think you know, even with the most recent movies like turning red, for instance, until maybe yeah. a month or two before it was released, it was going to be a theatrical release. They were promoting it like a theatrical release. And then all of a sudden it's, Hey, it's going to be Disney plus. So, you know, I think to your point, Pixar, I think even Walt Disney animation, I think they planned for these movies, you know, they're just trying to make the best movie they can. And then somebody else decides, yeah. Hey, where where can we get the biggest bang for our buck? Is it better to just give it out for free and get millions of subscribers and keep our subscribers happy, or is it better to put it out in theaters and make you know a billion dollars you know worldwide over here? So yeah, it'll be interesting again, just as as Disney does more of this and they really balance out. Where is it worth it? Because they're they're trying to 
they're trying to grow two things at once. They're trying to keep keep the company afloat by making money. Obviously, you can't give everything out for free. Right. But they're also, like you said, trying to build a brand and build out Disney Plus to make that profitable as well. So, all right. So let's go through the do's and don'ts for Run Disney. So again, June 21st is the sign up to the general public uh, for Princess Weekend. If you want to run Marathon Weekend in January coming up, that's sold out, unfortunately. Uh, but you have Princess Weekend. You also have the Springtime Surprise Weekend next year and the Food and Wine Weekend. So uh, those signups will be coming later. So if you're interested and you've not run a run Disney race before, maybe you've heard us talk about it. Maybe you've heard your friends talk about it. It's something you're interested in doing. You're not sure. Or, just kind of want to cover some tips here. Or maybe you're a person that's like, eh, I don't really love running, but I think that these races will be a cool opportunity do it just do it you don't have to run a half marathon run a 5k run a 10k you know they have tons of programs that you know couch to 5k you do not have to be a speed demon to run these races let's start with uh, the first thing to do so do make sure you start your trip early so typically these races happen on the weekends but you want to make sure that you get there early one because you don't want to have an issue with your flight getting delayed right. something that you missed the race but also you need to pick up your bib and all of your race information at the expo before the race. So you definitely want to plan to be there at least one day before your scheduled race starts so that you can go to the expo and pick up all of your uh, information and make sure that you're signed up because you cannot do that the day of the race. Another thing about going to the race expo is you want to make sure that you have everything that you need to do the race. So you're going to have to go pick up your bib and your shirts that they give you for free. But whenever you go there, don't, uh, you know, don't forget to bring your ID with you. And also you can sign the waivers online. They'll send you emails in advance. It's really helpful if you do that because you do not then need to worry about it when you get there. If you do that, um, just don't forget your ID because we did forget our IDs at the last one and it was a big inconvenience. It just make sure you have your ID because it is a Boston qualifier. So I'm sure they try to, you know, double check and make sure you are who you say you are and you're not trying to run for somebody else. Yeah, definitely. that That's a big thing because to your point, they send you a ton of emails about the waiver. Like, hey, you can sign your waiver ahead of time. Make sure you have, you know, this QR code mm -hmm. when you're there. Make sure you have your, your registration ticket. But nowhere really did it say the ID. And so, yeah, we happened to go uh, last time. We didn't have our IDs with us. And you need that as well. They really don't mention that. So we had to run back to the hotel. So definitely, you know, all the other stuff for sure. Sign your waiver ahead of time. Do all of that. But make sure you have your ID with you. And if you're thinking, well, how do you not have your ID? I always have my ID on me. So do we. But whenever you have your magic band, suddenly Disney, IDs, you don't need any yeah, that, yeah. IDs feel like you don't need them. So you, we didn't have them with us, obviously. And that's why we, you know, had to go back to the hotel. Okay. So our first don't is don't be a night owl. So these races start extremely early in the morning. Most of them start around 5 a.m. You have to catch the bus from your hotel by 4 a.m., that's you know the latest that they'll kind of guarantee that you'll make it to the start line time. You probably want to get a bus before that around you know, maybe like three thirty or so. So you're going to be up at depending on how long it takes you to get ready in the morning, how complicated your costume is and things. Probably two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, right. You know for these races, and if you're doing you know even one race, but if you're doing multiple races on a weekend, it's going to be a lot of very early mornings. So if you're somebody that tends to want to stay out late, you want to see the fireworks, you want to see the nighttime shows, you're not going to do that, at least if, if you want to be happy in the morning running that race. You don't want right. to be doing that on that trip. Now, 
again, if you stay later, you can kind of see the nighttime shows then or you go earlier. That's kind of another advantage of extending your trip on either side of race weekend. But you definitely want to make sure that you are in bed early or otherwise you're going to be miserable, more miserable Absolutely. than you are at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Um, you know, on a bus with a bunch of people trying to go to run a race, but you'd definitely be more miserable if you, you know, you stay out late. Right. Another don't is to wait to sign up. So races actually usually sign up in under an hour. For example, the five and 10 K for marathon weekend were sold out in 45 minutes. And Joe could shed a little bit more light on that experience, but he, he knew I wanted to run the dopey. He was very diligent about being online at the time and actually before the time that you were supposed to be on to sign up. So I'll let you speak to that a little. Yeah, I will say, I mean, that that's a, a good tip too, is you can get in the queue like 15 minutes early. So if the signups, you know, around like 10 a.m. or something like that, you can uh, get in the queue at like 945. And so definitely try to be on early. But yeah, with, with Marathon Weekend, they actually had technical issues. It was it took them three hours to cut or two and a half, three hours in order to actually get the registration open. And, you know, by time it opened, luckily I was in the queue. So I was one of the first people, it took about a half an hour, but I was one of the first people um, to get in. But within 45 minutes, yeah, the 5k and the 10k were sold out. The full marathon, half marathon dopey. I think those were sold out within about an hour, hour and a half. So obviously the shorter distances go first because I think there's more people that, you know, feel more comfortable running right. shorter distances, especially if it's, you know, you're not somebody that runs a lot of these races. You know, make sure you're prepared. Know what distance you want to run. If you want to run multiple, you can sign up for multiple once you're in there. But yeah, don't wait to sign up. Don't think, because they even put out there like, oh, the early right. bird pricing for the next six months. Yeah. It is not going to be open, you know, for months. It is going to be, you're lucky if you're going to get an hour. Right. So whenever it comes to these kinds of things, I know how intimidating it can be to sign up for a race. Think about them like before you find out when the sign up date is and make your decision prior to that. Because if you try to wait till day of to say, oh, am I going to do it? Am I going to not? Or even the next day, you it'll be too late. So make up your mind, say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to rip off the bandaid or, eh, you know what? I'm not ready for it yet. But honestly, just just do it. I think that, you know, most people are never. Most people don't regret pushing themselves beyond their comfort zones. You're gonna have plenty of time to train for it too. Yeah. Like, I mean, like like we said, it's it's June that you're gonna sign up for the princess, which happens at the end of February. So you have plenty of time to train. You know, if you're gonna do even a half marathon, you have a lot of time to train right. and prepare. You don't have to run that fast in order to do that. So yeah. to your point, if you if you're even thinking about it and you think you may want to do it. But you're like, I, I'm going to need some time to train. Still sign up immediately. And you have plenty and plenty of time to train. Yeah. I'm not formally training for the dopey yet. Whether that's you know a mistake on my part, part or not, I'm currently training for a 6.66 uh, mile long trail race. So you know, I don't know if that's a mistake. But uh, I've also never run a marathon or an ultra. So you know. <laughs> you have time. You definitely have time. Yeah. But do plan for some downtime. So we, like we talked about, you're getting up early, you're running a race, so you're naturally going to be tired. And if you're somebody that is running the dopey or you're running one of these challenges Even where you're if running, you're not, yeah. Yeah, where you're running multiple races in a weekend, you're, you're going to be tired just, just because of 
you know, how early you get up, the adrenaline, the excitement of, you know, being at Disney, doing these races. So plan some downtime in your trip. Plan a day that you're just going to sit by the pool. You're not really going to go to the parks because you don't want to be running and then go, go, go in the parks for 10 hours. It's really going to tire you out. So make sure you plan a little extra time on your trip. And don't think you're going to be the rare exception to that. I mean, I, for the last race that we went down for, I was in good shape for them. I was, we were beat. We ended up going back to the hotel and taking multiple naps because the sun, don't forget, saps your energy. And just, again, running around the parks, the adrenaline, all of that stuff really hits you. Not to mention when you're in Disney, your nutrition's not necessarily going to be the same as it would be at home. You're not eating the same kind of food. So everything's a little bit off. Everything's a little bit wonky. So, you know, just give yourself some, like, leeway. Don't think that you're going to be able to just go, go, go. So another do is to dress like your favorite Disney character. I think the almost more obscure you can go, the better. I mean, if you have a favorite character that you're willing to dedicate yourself to, I think that's great. Like, for example, when we ran the Tower of Terror race, there were a lot of bellhops. I kind of ended up almost regretting dressing that way because everyone was a bellhop. But there was only one bellhop the lady that was running it ran as Belle, but she was a bellhop. So I thought that was a really cool costume or, you know, there was a man running and I think he ran every race as Captain Jack Sparrow. We saw him for a couple of them, but he just really dedicated himself to having one great costume and it worked for him. So find a character that you like and run as, as that character. Yeah, but don't bring a lot of extra gear with you. So you cannot run with extra bags and things like that. So you can dress in a costume if you have you know, a lot of pieces going on. If you have an elaborate costume, like you said, you know, there were a lot of bellhops. There were people dressed with cardboard, like the tower of terror. You know, we saw people that were dressed like uh, lady and the tramp and somebody was the table with the spaghetti on it. (laughs) So you can definitely have, you know, pretty large and grand costumes, but what you don't want to bring is all of your extra stuff with you. Now they do have a bag check. So as part of the expo and everything, you'll get a clear bag that you can uh, check that before the race and they'll store it with you and you can take it after. Uh, after you're done, but you're not going to be able to run with all of that, nor would you want to run with all of that. And again, you can use the gear check, but if you can keep it in your hotel room and not bring it with you, definitely try to do that. You don't want to bring you know too much extra stuff with you. Absolutely. And I also would say props to the people that have these really big costumes, like the man who literally, I think he was, he did the 10 mile or two, um, I think as the plate with the spaghetti, but my suggestion would probably be for the longer races, maybe go with more minimalistic costumes because, again, you're you're going to be in Florida, so you don't necessarily know what the weather is going to be. Like when we wrote when we ran the 10k, the humidity was at least at 300. percent It was awful. Yeah, you have to think about yeah when you're designing these costumes. I have to run x number of miles right. in this i mean it can sound really good i mean like like you mentioned that the person dressed as captain jack sparrow i mean that was a legit captain jack sparrow costumes that was very dedicated that would be difficult to run you know 10 miles in i mean i, I would he did it yeah i know but like, i would i would think that that would be difficult to run you yes. know that far and so you want to think about that and yeah you know if you have again if you're using cardboard or you're making your costume a little bit bigger kind of keep that in mind practice with it beforehand make sure you're comfortable running in it in the distance you know that you're planning because you don't want to think okay i'm gonna do this costume never run in it and then go run a 10k or you know half marathon in it yeah and it i mean it's a 
rule of racing in general, just never do anything for the first time on race day. So anything that you do, don't try it for the first time on race day. So if, for example, you know, Stinger passes out little gummies, don't eat those for the first time on race day. Do it during your training because sometimes things give you gastrointestinal issues when you're running and you don't want to find that out while you're trying to finish up your race. Right. And another thing is to don't wear headphones. And I know a lot of people, you know, when you're running, you like to have headphones, you like to listen to music. And typically, you know, during races, a lot of times they recommend you don't wear headphones. But I definitely think that's especially true down in Disney because you don't need them. I mean, one, they do have some announcements on the courses if there's you know sharp turns ahead or things like that because you are running on the road. You know, they they kind of weave these courses through things. But there's also so much entertainment going on on the courses that you'd miss that if you had headphones in. So there's uh, bands playing. They have DJs out and everything. Like that's a place where even if you like to listen to music. You maybe only put one headphone in because right. you're gonna miss out on a lot of the magic of running these races right. if you're kind of just listening to your music and kind of oblivious to all that. Right, and I, I think that maybe you know again the, the length of the race might dictate what you do here. I don't know how saturated the marathon courses with things but maybe if i'm running the marathon i i haven't decided yet whether i want to try to do headphones for that or not because you have you're going to be in a pain i just said don't i, know. I just said don't you shouldn't if you do you're going against i know you're going against this podcast and you're responsible for anything but, that happens. But there's a certain... If you run a terrible race, you, it's your own fault. Sometimes you enter the pain cave when you run. And I don't know if I want to go into the pain cave without something to focus on. So you, You're right. I mean, it's definitely... If you're running with somebody, it's easier. I think if you, if you do want somebody... you know, If you are somebody like that, if you're running by yourself, you want music, I would maybe do, just do one headphone. Because again, if you have both... There's there's so much going on and they do keep the excitement up that you're going to miss some of that. I mean even on the Tower of Terror like as you're running yes. it's explained to you you're going back in time like what's right. happening. And if you're listening to music and you have both your headphones in you're not going to get any of that. And and if you're just there to run like you're you're picking the wrong race. Like you're you're there for the the Disney You're there for the experience. aspect of it. Yeah, you're yeah. there for the experience. So I won't say don't wear headphones all together, but at least take one out. Just one final note on that is if you are running alone, there are groups of people that do, um, you know, check out Facebook. There are groups of people that do band together. So I know when we were down there, we heard that there was some group for women who run the Disney races by themselves and so that they're not running alone. And I think that that would probably be a great way to, first of all, meet people with common interests and to just, again, you know, be able to have somebody there to be your support system without, you know, having like, you don't necessarily need music then. Yeah. I mean, the run Disney community, and that's something you'll learn once you start doing these races is very strong. So to your point, there's a lot of Facebook groups out there. I the mean, community is strong yeah, with this it's, one. It's very much, it's very much a community. And as you're waiting before for the races to happen, you know, there's, kind of entertainment they're talking they're talking to people in the crowds and they're mentioning people and they're mentioning these groups and it's like you can tell it's repeat groups it's repeat people yes. that there's people that they recognize and know so yeah if you are somebody that's like you're doing this you don't have anybody to run it with that's a good point check facebook look for a yeah. you know run disney group there's going to be a lot of people and you can make a lot of yeah. connections that you'll have people to run with when you're down there yeah i mean and if anybody's running the marathon uh you know in January and you want a running buddy, I'm going to be running pretty slow, close to like 16 minute mile because it's my first one. And it's after doing all the other races, 
hit us up. I'll run with you. <laughs> like, I mean, for real, I'll, I, I will run with you. It'll, it would be uh, an honor. It'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And that's a good point. We'll, we'll finish up the don'ts here because you mentioned the pace. You don't need to run fast. No. So somebody, if you're thinking like, hey, I've never run before. Again, I'm kind of concerned. Am I going to be able to get up to speed? You do not need to run quick. No. You need to run a 16 minute per mile pace which is not that quick. Disney recommends that you train at a 15 minute per mile pace <laughs> so that you can you know, keep that 16 minute uh, mile pace when you're there because obviously you may want to stop for pictures, something like that. But don't think you need to be out there like Usain Bolt you know, no. running these races. It is you're, definitely built for people. You're not Des Linden out there. You can, yeah. you can yeah. go it's out. It's all, all levels. It, it is it is made for, you know, definitely, there's, I feel like a lot of people that this is their first race they've done. Maybe this is the first race of that distance that they've done. Right. So yeah, don't think you need to be, you know, setting the world on fire before you sign up for these races. And again, you not even just think that you need to be, it's just, it is, it is a race again for people who you want to enjoy the scenery. So if you push through it, you know, I'm competitive, but there is a time and a place for, you know, putting your head down, going into your like a zone and just running your legs off. Yeah. If you're not going to win, why run fast? You're going to miss, <laughs> you're going to miss all the fun of going backstage, running through the park, seeing the characters yeah, just enjoy it. Just yeah. enjoy the scenery. Enjoy what you're doing. I mean, yeah, if you're not going to go out there and run a five-minute mile and win the thing, just have fun. Just right. go out there and have fun. And one extra, you know, I just thought of it. One extra bonus don't is don't skip a photo op thinking they're going to have it on the next race. Because we did that with the 10K thinking they'd have Horace and Clarabelle, the cow. We skipped them because we're like, ah, they'll have them tomorrow. And they didn't. So don't think that necessarily they're going to have the same ones. They do have a lot of the same ones, but they sometimes do ch change it up a little bit. So just be cognizant of that. So another and these two kind of go together again this race is for fun so make sure you want to remember it it's going to be awesome you're probably going to be wearing an excellent costume due to some excellent advice you got some two from two excellent people but uh do make sure a lot of excellence yeah a lot of excellence there so may, do make sure you get the memory maker and also do make sure you bring your phone because you're gonna want pictures memory maker is great because disney will take them for you um you can get some really great candids we got uh i think for for one of our races, we got a really excellent us crossing the finish line photo. So that was really good. Yeah, um, yeah the nice thing about the memory maker too is there, there's photographers on the course, there's photographers for the pictures, but the memory maker includes your whole trip. Yeah. So if you're buying the memory maker, you get all right. of the photos when you're in the theme parks, but then it also includes all the photos from your races as well. Right. And then also I, I say bring your phone. You know, I... <laughs> I, I hate to to say this because but we didn't bring our phones a, on our last trip and there were several photo ops there that you could only take your own photos. There were no photo pass photographers and we missed some really cool photo ops because of that. Yeah, this this do is definitely out of something that we didn't do exactly. and kind of <laughs> learned our lesson from. So it's like take our mistake and learn from it and don't right. make that same mistake. Um, because yeah, definitely uh, it was on the 10 miler. There were a few, and I think Disney does that because if there is a photo pass photographer, those tend to fill up. They tend to back up because there's a lot right. of people trying to get pictures. Whereas whenever it's just you kind of taking a selfie, they move a little bit quicker. So there is a mix of that. And it had been a few years since we've done one of these run Disney races. And so. I don't feel like they had that for the star Wars rival run. I, maybe they, yeah, they maybe did. they did. Yeah. I, and I so, and we just didn't want to have our phones with us. Cause again, 
again, we're out there. And we just were together, to yeah. so, so who's going to need to get a hold of us? We didn't need that. But yeah, definitely you want to have your cell phone with you if you can. You know, Obviously, if you don't want to bring it, that's fine. But just know you may miss out on some potential photo pass opportunities. And, and just to go along with this, another one that I'm just adding now is do purchase some sort of... It doesn't have to be a vest because you're probably wearing a costume. Um, I like to run with a running vest, but buy one of the running fanny packs or something to put your phone in because you're not going to want to hold it in your hand. Your hands are going to get sweaty. Um, you might drop your phone. So do have something to put that in. And as well as, again nutrition if you're doing a longer race they basically recommend if you're doing about an hour plus um, some people say an hour some people say like an hour and a half you should be taking in some sort of calories because your body needs some quick energy so um, and there's no mickey bars on the course <laughs> i think they need to add mickey bars on the course here right so that is i mean it's kind of funny and again you know when we ran our first half marathons we thought it was really weird people passed out gummy worms um and then we learned that it's you know your body metabolizes that sugar very quickly and it's a quick hit of energy for you so don't feel like you need to starve yourself um actually take in some calories and it will help you kind of get over that hump uh when you start to feel drained and you don't want to keep going oh, definitely and I, I joked about mickey bars on the course but the nice thing is when you go down and you do these races you do burn a lot of calories running oh, so yeah. you can just snack all day guilt-free exactly you earned it you earned all those mickey bars all exactly. the mickey shaped food eat it all it's great yes but free. keep in mind if you're running a race the next day don't go out and eat like i don't know for me, it was grilled cheese. I loved the grilled cheese that I had, but it gave me a lot of stomach problems. And that was really uncomfortable for a little bit. Um, I turned It turned out being okay, but just be careful with that kind of stuff. And the last one is we mentioned this a couple of times already, but do have fun. These races are meant to be fun. You're at Disney. You're on vacation. You're having a good time. Mickey's going to be there cheering you on at some point. So enjoy it. Again, don't worry about the time. Don't worry about your pace. Just go out there, have a good time, finish, get that medal, and just have a blast. Absolutely. You're there to have a blast. I mean, these races are designed to be fun. These races are designed to uh, give you a unique experience. So really try to absorb as much of that as you can. I know that you know while running, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but the community around you and then the just characters and the cast members, they make it so much fun to be there. So just kind of keep that in mind, especially when you're, you know, on mile 12 or mile 25. Just keep in mind that that's what it's for. You signed up for this and hey, you almost did it. So good job. Definitely. If any of our listeners are planning to run a run Disney race next year, we'd love to hear it. If you are planning to run marathon weekend, let us know. Like Angela said, Maybe she's looking for a run buddy. I'll be running a couple of the races, not doing the dopey. I will say that I'm not doing the full <laughs> marathon, but I'm running a couple of them. So let us know if you'll be down there. We can maybe have a, a group run or something like that. Do a little Enchanted Ears meetup. We are planning for some, well, let's put it this way. We have high hopes for costumes. If we can pull them off, <laughs> I think they'll turn out well. I don't want to say what they are because I don't know if we'll be able to pull them off, but if we'll be able to pull them off, 
they'll turn out pretty awesome. But we'd love to hear, yeah, if any of our listeners are going to be down there for Marathon Weekend in January, because we'd love to run with you or, or meet up. So definitely let us know there. If you're planning to run one of the other Run Disney races, we'd love to hear about your experience as well. But that wraps up the show for this week. I want to thank everybody again for listening. If you've not done so, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps, and we really appreciate it. Thanks for letting us your ears. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next Monday. Bye-bye.